Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, I got the the last uh, chapters of uh, Grenork's Burden here. There's two chapters in a row, uh, so I'll just go ahead and, and do both of them. They're very short. So, uh, anyways, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and, and, and finish this out. Mail call. A touristic guard banged on Grand Orc's cell. The Orcandu was rooted in the process of meditation and didn't respond quickly enough to the guy. He felt a shock course through his body and he collapsed to the ground. He heard a clump of metal boots walk towards him. He felt one dig into his back. The guard unfolded a printout and tore open a seal. The prisoners weren't allowed to access computers, so messages were printed for hand delivery. An AI scanned the incoming mail for illegal activity, so the seal ensured the message was private. However, that didn't stop the guards from invading their privacy. Human flipped open his helmet and said, My, oh my, this one's a beauty. If you like hideous creatures, now tell me, Granny, you got yourself a girlfriend back home? Granork knew better than to fight back. His first few years in prison involved many beatings from the guards. Even though he could kill this one before the guy had a chance to lower his helmet, he said nothing instead. There was a charge of the Turisticu's weapon, followed by, I asked you a question. Granork said, Yes, I have a wife back home. A wife? What's her name? Trensulara. That name always makes me want to puke as much as her face. The guard chuckled. After a moment, he said, Oh my... Oh my, looks like you're getting dumped. Well, Granny, if you want to get some of your anger out, there's a Doonstrakret that I'd look the other way if we happen to get in a scuffle. Corfa Doonstrakret blood is pure poison, so make sure you don't use that horn. The guard tossed the paper on the ground and stepped out onto his hover disc. After the touristic who had left, 
Granor grabbed the mangled printout. Transalara's profile picture appeared on the message. It was a face that would get in through many lonely nights. Now there seemed to be something different about it. It was the same profile picture on all her letters, but somehow it seemed dark. Granor read the letter. There wasn't much to say. She couldn't handle being the one who had to face the people's wrath. Their children were fighting every day in school. His eldest son almost died when a mob of angry students ganged up on him. She planned to disappear on a neutral world. However, Grand Orc already knew how the story ended. The news had traveled faster than her message. The prison mail system always took weeks to get through the AI sorting process. It wasn't that the AI needed the time. It could identify a threat in a message in near instantaneously. The processing time was just another way the guards maintained their control. The reason he knew because of the galactic news feeds. An entire royal Orkandu family had died when their transport exploded. Orkandu separatists were considered the culprit. Grand Orc knew which family was on that transport. Alright, that was a little flashback to Grand Orc in prison before he broke out. Now, the end of Grand Orc's burden. Grand Orc sat, and the first officer, Phylak, sat at the conference room in the strategic command room of the dervish. Cal and the rest of the crew were also gathered around. The debris of the Shusharian vessels drifted outside the window. There were Kandu battlecruiser hovered nearby. I would have never thought there were Kandus would join the Shusharian collective, Hayden said. It is our baron. He mocks our very way of life, Phylak growled. There is a growing number of dissatisfied factions, and as the rightful baron to my people, I can no longer ignore it. Granark said. What are you saying? Cal said. You want to leave the ship? With your permission, of course. This is not a prison ship, Cal said. Anyone who's here is here because we want to be. With that being said, I hate to lose the best gunner in all the galaxy. I understand what you have to do for your people. Thank you, Captain. I only have one request. That maybe we could give you a proper send-off, Cal said. I do need Hayden's pizza recipe, and maybe a copy of his movie collection. Hayden laughed. I don't know what I'll miss more. The moments you struggle with human culture, or when you love it more than I do. You got it, buddy. Before anyone could say any more goodbyes, a worried expression manifested on Reese's face. Uh, sir, there's a transmission from the Rancandu ship. Its cooling system has been shut off. The engines are overloading. On screen, Cal commanded. A projector displayed the image for the benefit of Phylak, who didn't have an implant. Preveris appeared in the field of view. He was on the bridge of the vessel. It was burnt as if a firefight had broken out. He was surrounded by the bodies of the bridge crew. He held a broken plasma rifle that had looked as it had been overloaded. He had quite a few burns on his body. You will not stop the Baron. Many are loyal to him. You will not come to Orcanus. Why are you doing this? Granor gasped. Preveris spat blood and laughed. I have Traugott's disease. I maybe have a year before I lose all my limbs. That still gives you no right to take the life of others on that ship. I have unlocked the shuttle bays and advised them to escape. Or Kandu's fight to the last breath. You know this, Preveris. As if comment could summon the Orkandu spirit, sparks flew from the bridge door while the crew attempted to cut their way inside. This is why I see her brother's vision of the future. He sees no need to hang on to these archaic traditions when they hurt us. Before you join the Halfcock revolt of the warrior class, ask yourself, why is the Baron now an elected position? 
How is it that your brother was elected to it twice since you've been away? Don't listen to his lies, Felix said. Your brother has disrespected the barony and has undermined it from the moment the tourist accused brought you away in shackles. The ship around Preferis began to shudder. The crew had almost broken through, and Grenorg said, Tell me, what did my brother offer you that is worth your life? My children will not starve, and my family will not want. Unlike a bezel like you who abandoned his, Preferis said. Grenorg roared and tossed his chair. The orc ship exploded, filling the window with a brilliant display of fireworks. He turned from the room before anyone could say a word and stormed out. The remnants of the ship spread in every direction. Cal caught up with Grand Orc later that evening, while Hayden and Maker were deep in helping Phylax sort through the wreckage. The hulking Orcandu was in an area they turned into an observation lounge. He stood out in front of a window that was looking out into the depths of space. Grand Orc acknowledged Cal's entrance. I just want to see how you're holding up, Cal said. I made my peace with it long ago, Grand Orc said. Peace with what? The death of my wife and children. They were on a shuttle leaving Orcandus when it exploded. It was ruled as an accident, but initial reports linked it to terrorism. Think it was covered up? I know it was covered up. And I know who did it. My brother. He knew if I made it out of prison, nothing was stopping me from reclaiming my throne. He had to eliminate any reason for me to return. Yeah, but wouldn't killing your family ensure that you'd come back for blood? With all due respect, unlike your quest for revenge, I did not let it overtake me and cloud my judgment. My brother wanted me to come looking for blood. He could quickly kill me then. I would have, had I been released earlier. Prison changes you. If you thought I was angry when you were there, imagine me before. I had bashed my cellmate's head into the bars because I didn't like the way he smelled. I fought guard and prisoner alike. Dr. Fesslerk was almost convinced about the rumor that Orcandu's being unable to experience pain was true, and that was all before my wife had died. With her help, I was practicing my meditations and learning how to control my anger. Then, once I learned about her death, I knew that if I could prove to my brother was the one who killed her, I could best him in a challenge for honor, and she wouldn't want me to do it. She was trying to escape the Orcandu way of life. She wanted to leave long before she did. She only had stayed to support me. If I went seeking revenge, I would be doing it for myself. She wanted me to get out of Orcandu politics. At least in death, thought I could honor her wishes. So why change now? Cal asked. Because my brother has gone too far. Even my wife would see that he is trading the lives of his people for his own gain. I cannot ignore their suffering. If I haven't seen you angry yet, then I'll be honest. I'll say I don't want to. From where I sit, you've already honored your wife several times over. And if you want to join Phylak in finding the next transport back to Arcanus, I'm not going to stop you. But if what you say is true about your brother, I don't think going back to Arcanus with anything but a fleet will do anything but get you killed. But what about my people? You have to ask yourself, are they the ones in s who are suffering? Or are you? Granark roared and lifted Cal off her feet. He pressed her head against the side of the ship's hull. She made no move to fight and maintained her gaze. After a few tense moments, he set her down. Without a word, he turned and walked out of the room. Seconds later, a message appeared from Maker. It had two pictures attached to it. They were the two men who could be her father. She almost didn't want to open it. However, her hesitation wasn't warranted. She wouldn't know who they were. 
She opened the message and viewed the pictures. She was wrong. She knew both of the men in the photos. It was Sarge and Mackie Wartnick. All right. That is the end of Grand Orc's Burden. Join us uh, next time for Hayden's Mistake, Part 7. It's on now. Ooh, and then we're getting to Part 8. Part 8 is one of my favorite ones in the whole series. I don't know why. There was something about writing that and about rereading it that I'm just like, oh, that was really on that time. And of course, part nine is called Cal's Father. You can see where that's going. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I will uh, go ahead and bid you good night.